Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yanyan. Today is day number two in our series on the origin of marriage. And today we're going to talk about how that man and woman were made and created, brought together in unity in marriage. We'll talk about a happy marriage. We'll talk about a prosperous marriage and growing in the Word of God. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yanyan has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome back again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. I began yesterday a two-day series on the subject of marriage. We're talking about man and woman being placed here on this earth and what God sees in marriage. And we talked about two words, two Hebrew words. The word, first of all, bara, which means to create. And it's translated create in your uh, Bibles. But then there's also a word called asa from the Hebrew. B-A-R-A is the word for create in the Hebrew. But asa, A-S-A-H, means to make out of existing materials. But the word create means to create the material. So in essence, God created dirt. And this planet was like dirt, but then from the dirt, God began to make cattle and fish and all the other things that are here on the earth. God began to make them out of something he created. So God really from nothing created the raw material and from the raw material, then he began to make the animals and make the fish and make all the things we see around us. Uh, He made that trees, everything else. He made them from existing material. But then we come to the end of creation in Genesis chapter one, and we're talking about the last thing that God created, and this was Adam. And we find here the same two words are used because he used both words with the man, and that was in verse 26 and verse 27. So why don't you go ahead and find Genesis chapter one, verse 26 and 27. And I wanna mention the book that I'm teaching out of. It's called One Flesh. This is one of the first books I wrote because marriage was one of the first things I began to teach in our church and I made this book. And so it's been around for a long time. And believe me, I still have people ordering them saying, listen, it changed our marriage or it made us have a good marriage. When we got married, this became our textbook. And now our kids are getting married. So now we want to buy copies for them because ours are all written in and all those different things. We want them to have the same book. So again, that book is available and the announcer will come on at the time of the break and tell you how you can have a copy of it all for yourself. Sounds good, doesn't it? Well, there's a lot of good things coming. Let's again go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Let's take up where I left off yesterday. Let's talk about what these verses say. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. And God said, let us, that's the Godhead, make man in our image. Notice the word make. It's the word asa. It means to make out of existing material. And we know the way that God made man. He took the dust of the ground, made it, and it was just like a statue in front of him. It was just, uh, you know, a mud pack made to look like a man. And then it came to life when God breathed into it. So God made Adam's body first, and then he, he created his spirit. It says, let us make man in our image after our our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. Notice this, we have shifted from the word make, that's the body, and now the part that's created inside of us and what's created lasts forever. What is made is only temporary, but what God created lasts forever. And this is the spirit and the soul inside of Adam that gave him life and a personality. 
So God created out of nothing man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. The point that I left you with yesterday was this, God made man out of dust. When he breathed into him, he breathed into him two beings. He breathed into him the spirit and the soul of Adam and the spirit and the soul of the woman. He carried her for a long time. In fact, we know he was by himself. He named the animals by himself after that. And he did a lot of things as far as tending the garden and making sure everything was right. In it. And after all that was done, then God put him to sleep. And then while he was asleep, God reached in and brought out of Adam a rib. This is the part he made the woman's body out of but he also took the spirit and soul of the woman out of Adam. And when Adam woke up, he was suddenly incomplete. He had not been lonely before. He had no capacity to be lonely. And while he was naming the animals, they all came two by two. He was by himself. I'm sure every time that, you know, the, the, the elephants came up, you know, every time the donkeys came up, the horses came up, he would say, well, I'm going to name this one elephant. And God said, Adam, he goes, okay, elephants, and they turn around and walk off, and he go, hmm, one, two, one, something's not right here, but he had no capacity to know why. He was completely, completely at ease in himself. He had no capacity to be lonely because he was not alone. Inside of him was them, but then it would come the donkeys, and after that would come, you know, the cats and dogs. Every time he would name them, they would come up by twos, turn around and walk away by twos, and he would go, uh-huh, one, two, one. And he probably, after a while, thought something's not right here. But after he named all the animals and tended the, the field and tended the garden, all the different things he did, God put him to sleep. And when Adam woke up, he was suddenly incomplete. Why? That, that rib had been taken out of him and used to form the body of the woman, but also her spirit had been taken out of him. And he now looked beside him and he probably looked and thought, man, she looks nothing like an elephant. She looks nothing like a dog or a cat. She was the finest thing he had ever seen. And so again, the reason why God waited till the end, if he hadn't waited till the end, Adam would have never got back to naming animals or taking care of the garden. So again, when God brought them back together, this is what marriage is. It's the uniting together of man and woman as they were in the garden, as they were originally inside of Adam and the two now become one. Just like when we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, we become one with him. Man was made and created in the image of God. Verse 26 tells us again, man's body was made in God's likeness and was made by God from the ground, just like animals. But next of all, he made, and this word asa means to make something out of something. He made his body and he made it out of existing materials. So how was man made? Well, let's go to the next chapter, chapter two. I like the way Genesis laid out. This is what the Hebrew uh, writers do. They kind of write an overall view and then they come back and fill in the details in the next chapter or later in the book. This is what happened. Chapter one, he tells us he you know, made the dirt, formed man out of it, then breathed into him the breath. And here we have in Genesis chapter two, the description of this. And here we have here, it says in chapter two and verse seven, the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground. How did God make the body of man. Well, he formed him. I said in the previous chapter, he took dirt and probably like a potter began to do it. He formed a man. He didn't just throw dirt out there and it suddenly took on the form of man. God made everything just right. He probably put the little holes for the nostrils and made the fingers and all these other things to where this thing was, and, and I believe 
He was the size, everything he wanted him to be. And so the Lord God, verse chap, chapter two, verse seven, the Lord God formed a man of the dust of the ground and then breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. But here's the interesting thing. The word life here is plural. He breathed into him the breath of lives. Inside of him was them. And inside of the one body was two spirits and two souls of two people. But not only were there the lives of him and her inside of him, also he became the one that began life for all after him. He carried the life of everybody because Adam and Eve represent all mankind after that. So everybody living came from Adam. That's why when Adam was alive spiritually, we are alive spiritually. But when Adam sinned, he passed death on to everybody because everybody is born from Adam and from Eve. And that gets into the fall of man and the redemption since we were in Adam and he fell, then we fell with him at that time and we're born into this earth fallen. But what happens is we need to get out of Adam and be born again. And this time we're born into Jesus Christ who never did have spiritual death. He always had spiritual life. This is where we come back to it. But again, verse seven, the Lord formed man. The Hebrew word for formed here is yatsar. It means to mold or to shape like a potter does with clay. And so here's how God made Adam's body. And that was he formed him out of the dust of the ground. Then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of lives. And this again represents he and Eve inside. The word formed again, yatsar means to mold like a potter does clay or like a sculptor does a statue. This is what the Lord did. Verse 27 tells us man's spirit was made in God's image and was created by God. The spirit of Adam was created by God, but his body was molded and shaped out of the dirt of the ground. When we die, the dirt goes back to the dirt and the inward man that is created is eternal. And if it, you've accepted Jesus, it goes to heaven and will be with Jesus and God forever and forever. But if you don't, you're still eternal. And that is you're departed from heaven. You'll end up in hell. And then later on the lake of fire forever and forever. So verse 27 tells us again, man's spirit was made in God's image, created by God. His spirit was created out of nothing, bara. Man's spirit came into being from God's breath and command only. This is what separates man from animals. Man is called a living soul. Animals had souls, but only man is an eternally living soul because it's attached to our human spirit, which is eternal. Animals are not eternal. Jesus did not die for them. Woman was created and made in the image of God. Man and woman were created at the same time. I want you to understand that man and woman were created at the same time, but they were made at two different times. So Adam was made, then the creation of both man and woman was placed inside of him. Then later she was taken out of him, her spirit, and then a body was made for her. So man and woman were created at the same time. Look at Genesis chapter five, verses one and two. I realize we're getting into a lot of depth on these chapters, but I wanna emphasize this. From every direction we possibly can, the difference between the word made and created and so it says in Genesis chapter five, verses one and two, and this is after the fall, all right? I want you to notice again, they were made at two different times. They were created at the same time. Man was made, both were created, placed inside of him, and then the woman was made later on. Her body was made, and let's take a look at it. It says in Genesis chapter five, verses one and two, this is the book, 
of the generations of Adam. In the day, notice this, in the day that God created man in the likeness of God, he made him. We have the two words here. In the day that God created man in the likeness of God, he made him. Male and female, he created them. Notice they were made male and female at the same time. Male and female, he created them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. One woman was in the man from the beginning. She was the treasure inside of Adam's earthen vessel. But man and woman were made at different times. Go back with me to Genesis chapter two, and let's take a look here. And while you're finding that, we'll take this up right after the break. We're gonna take up verses 15 through verse 23 and explain this whole thing and why it's so important to understand how that God created and made the earth, but also how that God created and made man and woman and use them for such a blessing. And God has made this earth for us to dwell on, to abide in, and also to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I will see you, and again, during the break, we're gonna talk about the book, One Flesh, and you can get a copy of it all for yourself. Many couples marry with the mental image of fireworks and smooth sailing, only to discover that's not how things work. Marriage isn't as depicted in fiction, songs, or movies. Falling in love and living happily ever after requires a lot of hard work and give and take. Everything doesn't fall into place. Knowledge and willingness to work on it make a strong and secure marriage. If you will apply yourselves to wisdom and understanding, the end rewards are wonderful. One flesh will help you avoid some of the pitfalls. Even for those who have been married a long time and feel there is no hope of redeeming their marriage, it is never too late and God will redeem the time. To order One Flesh, visit our website at bobyendian.com. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. 
We're going to take a look at Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 23. I'm sure you've found it by now, but I do want to mention again the book One Flesh, how that's so important. This book has literally changed so many lives and so many marriages that I want you to get a copy of it all for yourself. And also, for those of you watching, if you've never become a partner with me in this ministry, I value you. The reason why this broadcast comes is, first of all, it's been given to me by God, the responsibility of it. But next of all, he speaks to people to help support it. I got my call from heaven, but I get my finance through people. God doesn't send finances from heaven because he's not a counterfeiter. He brings the call to my life and then promises he'll speak to hearts so that you can join me as far as giving. I simply ask you to do this. Open your heart before the Lord. Would you like to sponsor this broadcast and be a partner with me? I'm not telling you how much to give. That's between you and God. As a man purposes in his heart, so let him give. But listen, just simply listen to God's voice and he'll instruct you to either support the broadcast or not support it. You may be a supporter of another one. God will say, no, that's the one I want you to support. You can listen to Pastor Bob. But also, if you really enjoy this and it really feeds you, and on top of that, there's a click in your heart. They're like, our hearts have been joined. I want you to become a partner with me. Again, I value it. So from the time, again, I'm speaking right now to you make the decision that you're going to be my, a supporter of my broadcast. I thank you in advance for hearing the voice of the Lord. Go to my website, bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there where you can become a partner with me. Genesis chapter two, verses 15 through 23. Let's take a look at it here. It says in verse 15, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress and to guard it. The Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree in the garden, you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. For in the day that you eat of it, you'll surely die. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make for him a helper of his own kind. This is what the Hebrew says, but I want you to notice the word make. I will make again out of existing materials for him a helper of his own kind. From the ground, the Lord God formed, and the word here for formed is the word yatsar. And yatsar means to mold. And this is what God did with Adam. He molded him from the ground. The Lord God formed, and the Greek word is yatsar, J-A-T-S-A-R, every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them, whatever Adam called every living creature. That was the name of it. And Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. Every animal had a helper fit for that animal. And it was a female to help the male. Verse 21, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. And he slept and took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh around it. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made, and we have a different word now. This is the word bana. Both of them had been created by God, but she and the spirit of Adam were both inside of Adam. Adam had been molded and shaped from the outside, but the creation of his spirit and his soul inside was accompanied by the creation of her inside of him. And that's her her spirit and soul, but her body had yet to be made. And in verse 22, and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made, and this word is bana, it means to build. He took a rib and built it and built on top of it and made a woman. So he made her, he made or built a woman and brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Man's body was formed, yatsar, meaning to be molded as animals were in verse 19. 
But now he says, I will make Asa a helper of his own species. And now we have the making of the woman. God took one rib and made one woman. Animals, male and female, were both made from the ground. Only woman came from the man. Man and woman complete each other like animals cannot. There is no such thing as fornication among animals. There's no guilt. I mean, so, you know, any cat with any cat, any dog with any dog, but with human beings, there is fornication and there is adultery. Why? Because they came originally from each other and she was inside of him, separated from him, given a body and then brought them back together and the two unite together as one. No animals complete each other. Only a man and a woman complete each other. Promiscuity causes confusion in men and women. Job 31 in verse 1. Here Job says, I have made a covenant. This is marriage. I've made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a young woman? And so with the making of the woman in verse 22, we have the word made, bana, and this means to be built. The woman's body was built layer upon layer from one rib and then brought to the man complete. Why? Because she's a type of the pearl, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, where Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church began on the day of Pentecost and it's been added to ever since one life at a time. And it's being built. And one day the bride will be complete and reunited with the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven at the judgment seat of Christ. So what do we have here? The difference between man and woman is simply this. Woman is different than animals because she came from the man. All animals were directly made from the dirt and males and females. And so any male with any female, as far as animals are concerned, but men and women aren't that way. Something happens inside of us when we have adultery, when we commit fornication, and even among sinners, they have to override that in the beginning because why God has built into us that he has one that God has designed for us. A woman is different than animals because she came from the man, but woman is different than man. She was taken out of him. Animals were all made. Man was made, then created body first, then a spirit. Woman was created, then made. Spirit first, then body. I'm going to say that again. The man was made, then created. His body was made first, and then his spirit. But the woman was created first, and then made her spirit first, carried in her husband for a long time, carried in Adam for a long time, till finally removed, and then a body was made for her. Her spirit was made first, then her body. Men are usually more earthy than women. Why? Because the man was taken from the dirt. The woman was taken out of the man. Men are usually more earthy than women. Boys, you know it. How they talk in the locker room, somewhere like that. And women can't, women can hardly stand that. But a woman is more usually spiritual than the man. They're more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. In fact, I had some friends that operated in the gifts of the Spirit. She would receive a word from the Lord, give it in tongues, and he would interpret it. And it always seemed to be that way. And I noticed some other couples doing the same thing. But that's because the woman is usually more sensitive to the Holy Spirit than the man is. She catches the word from the Holy Spirit. He gives the interpretation. Now, I know what you're thinking. Does that mean women are more spiritual than men? The answer is no, but more sensitive. In fact, even among witchcraft, there are more women in witchcraft than there are men in witchcraft. And so it seems like, again, but also the Bible warns about it because women can be carried away so easily into false things. And there's warnings about this in the book of Timothy. But the point comes back to this. The point that comes back to it is simply that God made us different. 
but he unites us together. And it's our differences brought together that help expand us. And by the man learning to understand the woman and seeing things through her viewpoint, expands his view of life. And the woman doing the same thing with the man expands her viewpoint and we become important to each other. We instruct each other, we teach each other. So it simply comes back to this, when man and woman were brought together in marriage, this is what we have called in the book of Genesis, one flesh. Genesis chapter two, look at verse 24 and verse 25. We have the institution of marriage here. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and they shall be one flesh. It's important in the beginning to leave the mother and father, to cleave to your wife and be one flesh. Notice when they came together, they were now called one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. This word means embarrassed. And I know oftentimes the women will tell me, I go on that first night, I'm gonna be naked in front of him. Quit being embarrassed. You're basically naked in front of yourself. He is you, you are him. And by being naked in front of each other, it simply comes back to this, get used to it. God intended this in marriage. So there were three marriage commands given in this verse of scripture. First of all, they were to leave the mother and father. The command to leave in-laws was given before in-laws existed. Isn't that interesting? God knew the problems that would come along later because meddling in-laws always have been and still are a major problem in marriage. Next of all, they were to cleave to each other. And the Hebrew word means glued or adhered to. In other words, you may be separated from each other. He's in this town, you're in this town, and you've been traveling and she's back at home or whatever. You may be temporarily uh, removed from each other, but you've been cleaving to each other. In other words, there's only one woman you're waiting to see, only one woman you're waiting to get back to. There is to be no one else physically or emotionally. You make a covenant with your eyes not to look on another. We already quoted that, but that's found in Job chapter 31 and verse one. And Job was saying here of his wife, he said, I've made a covenant with my eyes. I will not look upon another. This doesn't mean you can't see women around you. You are not attracted to them. You don't make a decision inside of yourself. Hmm, that's a good looking woman. I think that I want to go after her. No, it's fine for a man to see women and even compliment their looks and for women to compliment men for their looks. But this as far as it goes, because why? You have a husband, you have a wife. Sexual relations are for the marriage only. Notice this, they should be one flesh, not before marriage or outside of marriage. Just as in the Godhead, they are three yet one. So it is in marriage, the two become one. Now watch this, they become one. They're not instantly one. It's a process where you become closer and closer together. And the longer you're married, the better you know each other. In marriage, a couple is still two individuals, yet they're one as far as a new individual. They have different first names, so they're two. They have the same last name, so they're one. The wife takes the husband's name. She's now one with the husband, like Eve was one with Adam. Leaving father and mother is a command. If you don't leave, you can't cleave, and if you don't cleave, you cannot become one flesh. You leave the authority of your mother and father. It doesn't mean you'll never see them again, but you drop the authority part. You're no longer under them. You're now under your husband. So again, they were naked and not ashamed. They were not embarrassed. These are just things about marriage that are brought out here in the book of uh 
Genesis, and it's also in my book on one flesh. I know that you'll be blessed by it. And uh, again, God's intention in this day we're living in is strong marriage is become a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ, become a speaking out about the power of God, and especially in marriage, God ordained marriage and lit it for literally a safety, but also for the fellowship, one with the other. Tremendous fellowship to where you two become like one person and you feed off of each other, you learn from each other, you grow from each other. And you know what, eventually comes to the point this, let the world do what it's gonna do. Let the nations do what they're gonna do. We're gonna continue to follow God and his plan and there can be nothing out of except joy and peace. What a great thing. I will see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.